Hey, where's the fox glove? Hey, Annie, a shooby doo wop wop fox glove. <laughs> and scene. Welcome to another episode of We Explain Movies. I'm Kimmy. I'm Kayleen. And I'm Courtney. And this is the podcast where three best friends submerge you in spoilers as we explain, rate slash review, and decide whether or not to see the latest and greatest or most beloved classics of film. Since this is a center for spoilers, uh, just you're going to have to be careful this episode because we're going to be talking about our top ten list. And honestly, if you hear a title... It's free game for spoilers. We can't put timestamps because there's going to be too many and it'll spoil um, the episode, actually. But mm-hmm. check us out on Instagram and Twitter at We Explain Movies. Here's how it's going to go. We're going to, uh, first we're going to list the movies that we didn't get a chance to see but wish that we had. Maybe if we had seen them, they would have had a spot on the lists. Uh, and then we're going to move into some of the runner-ups and honorable mentions that were so close but didn't quite make it into the top ten. And then, one by one, we're going to go from ten to one, uh, all in order, of what our top ten movies of 2019 were. Yeah. Alrighty. So, um, I guess we should start with, you know, talking about... Movie misses. Movie misses. Some movies that um, we didn't get a chance to see, but wish we had. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're limiting it to, like, three to five? Yeah. Okay. So, I'll start. Um, I did not get a chance to see Parasite, Bombshell, Uncut Gems, and 1917. And 1917 is, like, (laughs) the one that I'm most pissed about because it is released. It is. Um, But a limited release. Yeah, that's not your fault. Until, you know, this new year, 2020. Uh, So, could have made it. Probably would have. I mean, it didn't come to our city, so you can't it really, didn't. Yeah. you can't get upset Whereas about that. Whereas the other ones, like, you could have seen. But yeah. But 1917 was like, that's yeah. not your fault. Yeah. I just had, like, <laughs> a lot of anticipation you. for that film, so. I know. Whatever. You guys were both so excited for that. Um, so my movie misses, I, I only have two. There's still other things I want to see, but these are the only ones I think could have maybe been contenders if I had seen them. Uh, the Lighthouse, I never got a chance to see. Once it was explained to me, it kind of left theaters and hasn't been available for me to get anywhere else. And then the other one is Dolomite is My Name, which is on Netflix, so I have no excuse. I just didn't get around to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, my misses are, uh, like Kimmy 1917, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, I was very eager to see, and that just never Ooh, which came here. It's a foreign film, oh. and it looks amazing, and I just, it never... I don't know if it will ever. We'll see. Yeah. I don't think so. Um, but I really would have liked to have seen that. And then Waves. Waves was right. here for oh. like one showtime at, at 9.40 p.m. on a Tuesday when I had work the next day. So I didn't get to see Waves. And then just a couple other things that I I know I'd, I'm not going to watch. <laughs> like the, <laughs> the Irishman. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to watch it when... Oh, is, this episode's being released the day the Oscars come out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oscar noms. Um, and so I'm assuming it will get an Oscar nom, and I like to see everything that's nominated, so I will watch it, but I know it's it's not going to be watched because Courtney just loves that kind of movie so much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely agree. Yeah, and then the last movie that I, I do think I would have really liked would have been Rocket Man. I just, that's, mm. that's my cup of tea, like a, a fun jukebox musical. I'll watch it when I can. I've been on hold for it at the library since, oh, really? since it came out. So, <laughs> what the heck? Someday. <laughs> so uh, next, we're we're not really going into too deep on these mm-hmm. um, because we have so much to get get into later. But um, these um, movies are the runner ups, honorable mentions that 
we're so close to the list, but didn't quite make it. We just want people to know we appreciated them, too. Super appreciated. And, like, the margins are so slim here towards yeah. the end. Like, it, it was rough. And honestly, there's still a good 10-plus movies that I loved this year that yeah. I can't even put on honorable mentions because there were too many. Yeah. I liked mm-hmm. a lot of movies this year. Definitely. All right, here are mine. I really liked Us by mm-hmm. Jordan Peele. It Chapter 2, Booksmart, and Hustlers. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's a good list. So close, yet so yeah. far. Um, my honorable mentions got an overlap with Booksmart. Cool. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood I really liked, but it didn't make my list. Fighting with My Family I adored. It like just was so cute, but just couldn't make it. And then the last one, which like... Coming in hot for me just having seen it this week is Little Women. Just, like, mm. really... Wow, I know your list now, Kaylee. Really, <laughs> really went on and off my list several times. But not wow. there anymore. We haven't really talked about it that much. I like, know. So this is going to be really interesting. <laughs> cool. Um, so my honorable mentions just... <laughs> is it, it's all so the ones sad like yeah. I'm like bye honorable mention. it's so sad like you were so good <laughs> like three of them that Kimmy just named are all hovering in my my realm of which one will it be which one will I add yeah. and so I'll just let Kimmy have those ones <laughs> <laughs> honey boy the farewell knives out and marriage story Cool. Those are all my honorable mentions. Wow, you guys. This is so interesting. This is so interesting. Because <laughs> it, it, like, it's just, yeah, okay. Wow. Whew. I feel like I don't this know you crazy. guys. This is crazy. I'm no, glad that we have different. You're going to know me very well. <laughs> but I'm just like, that just makes me so happy that we still have variety. Yeah, we do. Yeah. For sure. Alrighty. Starting now, we're going to go to, like, explain the rules of this. We're going in order of Kimmy, Kayleen, Courtney. And so Kimmy's going to say my number 10 choice is blank. And we all know it's Serenity. So (laughs) (laughs) then that leaves the opportunity for Kayleen to then say, hold, Serenity's higher on my list. So we're just going to pass the hot potato around (laughs) until it lands on the person who's like, None of you called dibs? Cool. Yeah. I called dibs. Yeah. And then you get to go. And everyone can talk about the movie. It's not like if Kimmy has it the highest, we're not allowed to talk about it. It's just we're going to wait until it's at the yeah. highest point that it Make got. Make a more coherent discussion. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe it'll just be like 30 minutes of us being like, pass, pass, <laughs> I pass. I kind of think it might. <laughs> and then three hours of us talking about the same two movies. <laughs> we'll That's see. Really it's kind of a game. Yeah. Okay, Kimmy. Okay. You Musical be? chairs, but with movies. <laughs> All right, my number ten choice yes. was Queen and Slim. Okay, you take it away. Oh no, I didn't say that. That was one that I missed. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not on your list then. I haven't seen it. I wrote. I wrote it down as like bummed. It was a miss for me. Yeah. Um, I got distracted <laughs> by the Irishman. <laughs> I mean, he's long. He's distracting. Yeah, go ahead, Kimmy. So I can talk about it? Yeah. yeah. I don't um have that much to say about it. I really enjoyed it. I thought the actors were great. It's a really simple story mm-hmm. that has a lot to say. Yeah. I really appreciate that it was a woman director. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was very emotionally affected by this movie. It was definitely a gut punch at the end and... Overall, I just think that people of color should have more opportunities to be in different genres of films altogether. Mm. So I, I definitely appreciate how they were, how the actors, you know, did their jobs in this story and how the story was. And 
Um, it was just, it kept going and going, like, just one thing after the other. I thought that it flowed really well. I thought some cinematography choices were taken that were very unique. And I, I'm really upset that this film didn't get more recognition. Hmm. Um, you know, I guess my major <laughs> issue with this year is that women weren't recognized on the whole. Oh. And they really should have mm-hmm. uh, been. so The little ones. Yeah. <laughs> so, really liked Queen and Slim. I yeah. thought it was great. Almost missed seeing it. I'm really glad I did. Yeah. All right. My number 10, maybe higher on Courtney's list, is Parasite. Higher on my list. Okay. Okay. My number 10 on no one's list is Captain Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> In this essay, I will share the following. <laughs> She pulled out her books and it literally looks like an essay. <laughs> ah, um, so Captain Marvel, it just, it makes me feel empowered. I straight up went to the gym and got a membership after seeing it and then worked out to the soundtrack, like, oh. over and over. And I just, Sexy. I'm not even a young girl who I'm sure is what this was more intended for, but I'm going to say this about a number of the movies that I'm talking about on my list today and just say that it made me feel seen. Aww. Felt very seen by this movie. And she definitely paved the way for the Black Widow movie that we're going to be getting. Mm-hmm. I get that it's not perfect, nor is it like a phase four Marvel movie. People criticized it for being just another origin mm. story. But the soundtrack is a banger. Carol Danvers is excellent. And I love seeing her grow into herself in Endgame. And that just makes me even more excited for a sequel that she's going to get. And no one can take this movie away from those of us who liked it, and so I don't care if people didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Thank I you for coming great. to my TED Talk. Be nicer to Brie Larson. And nobody should get so angry with anyone for liking anything. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely just feel stronger that this movie exists in um, the MCU and in the 2019 movies that came out, and... Um, was happy that they gave they gave a woman a shot at directing it. It is co-directed, but mm. that, that puts us, like, at our first one in the MCU. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we get to have more, and that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. So excited for Black Widow and excited for um, the Eternals, because those both oh, get yeah. to have female directors. So that's really awesome. Man, I second all of that. Yeah. Totally. That's great. Yeah. So good for, good for this movie. Especially for it paving the way for Black Widow, because yeah. I really hope Black Widow lives up to the expectations. Ugh, Ugh I can't wait. If it's, if it's half as good as that trailer. I know. <laughs> no, that trailer's on the sound The, the sound track. effect is the best. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> okay. Nine? Nine. Nine. All right. You guys, moving right along. My number nine pick was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, cool. Go for it. Nobody else? It's her honorable mention, and no. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is hard. This one was actually, like, in my number six spot, like, oh, wow. for a long time. And just as I saw more and more things, it just slowly got knocked down and down. Not that I – and it. this is why. Because when I think about it by itself, stacked up against these other movies, not as entertaining. Mm-hmm. But – Every time I think about the ending, it just is so heartwarming. It makes mm. me emotional. And it, it's a fairy tale. It's an homage to Hollywood. And I actually, I, this is so funny, I was just listening to the This is the Pits oh, podcast yeah. episode on, on Once Upon a Time I, in Hollywood. I really liked their Once Upon a Time in Hollywood episode. I echo a lot of their thoughts. I definitely think that the film is too white. And um, it's a bit long at times, but I really enjoyed the pacing. And um, they said this really awesome thing that I, I super agree with is that 
once you realize, like, as you're watching it, that it's not like a gunslinging Tarantino, mm. you realize what you're getting and that you, and you settle down mm. and you take it for what it is. And I definitely feel like that explains the journey that I went on watching this movie. And I love the performances. I overall just felt like it was a really self-aware movie in terms of casting and like choices for having those specific actors do certain things like like having Leonardo DiCaprio cry because someone says he's a great actor I just think that that's brilliant that's like so funny and yeah the the ending is just so sweet because you wish that that had happened and it gets to have that ending in this like kind of fantastical version of our universe and yeah I think that's really special and um, yeah. It's almost too, like, like the ending of that, the comedy almost in a way hurts because mm-hmm. it's, you're enjoying it so much and you know that's not how it went. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why it's, it seems a little too soon for it, but that's why it's not on my list, but that's fine. Uh. <laughs> I liked what you had to say about it. All right. My number nine, I think I'm going to get kicked from Kimmy <laughs> and I'm not going to get to talk about it. It's Marriage Story. Number nine is Marriage Story on yeah. your list? No, uh, mine's way higher than that. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, bolding that one. <laughs> and it was my honorable mention. Yeah. Number nine that no one else cares about. <laughs> I feel like my whole list is just going to be like me speaking into the void. Uh, my number nine is Frozen 2. Cool. Okay. Uh, so for variety, I'm getting this Disney family musical up there and out of the way early um, because I did love this sequel and I'm about to direct Frozen with my students and honestly wish I could just do both. Oh, <laughs> I want like so Act One Frozen and then I want Act Two Frozen too because Elsa's songs in this one are just brilliant. They make me cry whether I saw it in theaters both times or driving in my car. It's just like when Evan Rachel Wood comes in for that harmony, mm. <laughs> that's my mind. <laughs> Um, and uh, not only just her songs, but the, the animation that goes along with it just could not have been better. There's this really cool effect each time that Elsa is using her magic in this one where it's kind of, she realizes it's beyond her control in a good way, because that's what the whole plot of the first one is. But in this one, it's more so that it has a life of its own and you see like, it kind of looks like stars, the effects and like her magic just has a life and I, I adore it so much and what I liked about it also is that it starts off, the the early parts of it are very funny, but it goes into a really heartbreaking mood throughout the whole thing, and it really just lets you sit in it. It asks the audience to just sit and watch something that's not good happening, and I think that's a great lesson for kids, mm-hmm. particularly like Anna's song. It just yeah, yeah. lets you kind of linger in, in an unhappy feeling, and it's got a great message. And I, I trust these storytellers to hopefully someday do more uh, with these characters who I love so much. It's just not higher on my list because I feel like they missed a few opportunities to mm. do things with a sequel that now they're going to have to like put on hold for the third installment that I just think could have been done now. But I'm so thankful for the soundtrack and the maturity of the animation from the first one because it's, it's loads better. And for all of the Anna looks that I now have the opportunity to work with for SECC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anna's got some great costumes that I am just coming for that cosplay. Yeah. We, we, were, just, we were playing with maybe trying to do an Anna and Elsa thing. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be really fun. Yeah. I didn't include that in my list, partially just because it's, it's a sequel to me, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean I didn't like it. I really, really loved it. And, um without giving anything away, the line, my love is not fragile, like, broke my heart. <laughs> so, I just think that's important for people who have seen it. I thought that line was amazing. 
Number wow. eight. <laughs> We're already to number eight. Wow. All right. My number eight is Joker. Higher. Wow. Okay, my number eight, I don't think you guys have this one because it was the big debated will it be on my list or not, is Glass. Oh, yay! Good for you! Yeah, I did it, it, guys. Yeah. Okay. He, me, me. This is my (laughs) TED Talk (laughs) to all the Glass haters out there. I loved it. We saw this in January, like almost a full-ass year ago. Wow, I held on. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And the entire experience of watching that movie was fun for me. I was so excited for it. We had watched um, Unbreakable earlier that year because we knew Glass was coming out. Do you remember and our freak out? About the Kevin Wendell yes. Glass thing? <laughs> oh, oh, don't even get me started. There's an amazing <laughs> Easter egg in Unbreakable. Yeah. If you know it, you know it. And then we Googled it and other people have thought it too, so we're not crazy. But we got it first. I know. <laughs> So, Split, I watched that movie, and I wasn't someone who had seen Unbreakable, so when I watched it, I didn't get the connection at the end, but I thought Split on its own was just beautiful, and I'm still angry that James McAvoy hasn't been nominated for playing Kevin Wendell Crumb, but we watched uh, Unbreakable, and then we went to Comic-Con, and we went to the glass panel, and it was just, like, such a crazy experience for me, mostly because I'm such a big Bruce Willis fan, and doing all that and then going to see Glass and like I think the reason I enjoyed it is because I have never looked at these like superhero movies and I think that all the people who hated it were mad it didn't end up being a superhero movie because a lot of the complaints that I've seen have been about how there was no big epic fight at the end and how like the ending was lame but I thought it was perfect like for what For the service that these characters need and the story that they're trying to tell, I thought it was perfect, and I loved the twists and turns. Um, Also, one of the big things, which it's so obvious, but that was just really fun for me throughout, was all the beautiful colors. The way that they separate the three of them, with the yellow for James, and the purple for Mr. Glass, and the green for Bruce. And then, I feel like this is pretty obvious too, but maybe not. At the end, when everyone is sitting in the train station, they're wearing the perspective colors of their person. So, like, mm-hmm. Bruce Willis's son is wearing green, and, and uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is wearing yellow, and then the mom is wearing purple. And it just had some this vibe to it, maybe because of the actors in it, but, and because of the director of it, mm-hmm. but I felt like I was watching an older movie, but in a way that I enjoyed, not in a way to where it felt stale, I don't know. I just thought that it was a very unique theater experience. I loved the performances. I thought it was a great way to ch- to end the story. And I like that it plays with our perception of the characters and their perceptions of themselves and wondering if it's all in their head. Mm. And I had a really fun time. And I think it's a very creative trilogy. It's so creative. Dr. Ellie Staple. Staple? Like <laughs> what holds comics together? Good job, Kayleen. Thank you. All right, well, sad. I don't get to talk about my number eight because it's not Kimmy's number eight, so it's higher on your list. It's Little Women. It is higher on my list. Okay. Mm. So number seven. Number seven for me, and I think I'm going to get bumped, is Endgame. Oh, you're getting bumped. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Number seven for me, I don't think I'm getting bumped, Richard Jewell. 
Ooh, I get two talking points back. <laughs> now you know how I feel about Captain Marvel and Frozen, too. I'm not going to get to talk for a while. <laughs> uh, Richard Jewell really surprised me because I expected to like it. And I would have gone and seen it regardless of if Sam Rockwell was in it. But of course, I love to go see my boy. And you know what else? That John Hamm is really coming for, like, my number two slot in favorite actors. I just, like, <laughs> everything he's in, I just adore him. And he's sexy. You know what? At <laughs> he's a end, monster in that movie. <laughs> yeah, he is, but, but he's so good at doing it. Yeah, at the end of the film, he just, like, he doesn't say anything in that last part of the film. Uh-huh. Like, in the boardroom. The, oh, yes. You know? And yeah. just, like, his face was, like, pure, like, infuriation. Yeah. And How I did you like, like your two boys going toe to toe? I loved it. <laughs> I was like, make out. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but what if you did? And just his last line of, um, I still think you did it. I'm like, jeez, uh, leave him alone. <laughs> um, but what, one of the things I think I liked the most about the way the story was told is that this movie was advertised as we're going to fix the story of Richard Jewell, which I think it did. But at the same time, they paint him as a realistic person and not this person that was just shat on. Yeah, he's like, not flawless by no. any stretch of the imagination. Like, the first 20 plus minutes of the movie is just them going like, isn't he a loser? Like, look at this guy, like, who thinks he's the boss and, like, really is just mm-hmm. kind of a bike cop type situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then it's like... And like they say, when they start profiling a case against him, he fits all the criteria of having a hero complex and doing something like that. So, of course, we're on his side because he didn't do it, but I get that you're not a perfect human being, um, which makes you so much more relatable and easy to empathize with. Mm -hmm. I also just thought that the performances from Paul Walter Hauser, Kathy Bates, and Sam Rockwell were simply jaw-dropping. I thought that the script really provided versatility for them, so they seemed like real people. And like I told you guys, my favorite scene for, um, well, I guess besides the one where he tells off John Hamm, but my favorite scene for Paul Walter Hauser is when he's in the kitchen and he slams the top of the cookie jar, and then the shards break a little bit, because like we've said, in most movies, when someone gets mad, it's like, Instead, he would have thrown the cookie jar lid to, like, against the wall. Like, look how angry I am. But it was so much more realistic to yeah. just let your anger get a little bit away from you. Yeah. Because the circumstances are insane. Same thing with him eating the donut after hearing some really uplifting but, but tear-inducing news. Yeah. Like, like, he is so broken at that moment. And just, like, him taking a bite of a donut. It was very ghost story for me. Oh, yeah. And I was, like, losing my mind watching that. Just, yeah. like, somebody emotionally eating to, like, deal with something was just a lot. Because um, what else do you do? Like, of course you feel better, but you still don't. Of yeah. course. Like, your life was ruined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and your mom's life was ruined. Like, that scene, that's why she did such a good job. That scene where she goes into the bedroom and comes back out, it's like... You didn't do anything, and you have to deal with this. That, like, and they take her underwear. Like that was so mm-hmm. sad. It's awful. If even though it's not on my list, if I may speak to it, Go it's for just. It. <laughs> I think it's a really important movie for a time when all we have is this cancel culture toxicity all oh. amongst us. It's it's so much easier to make a Richard Jewell out of anybody mm-hmm. for anything that they do, um, and of course. Terrorism, which is what he was suspected of, is a lot bigger than posting, like, a tweet that you don't disagree with. But Mm -hmm. the amount of people that are just willing to, like, come to your crucifixion for no reason, uh, I just think that this is an important movie to 
to show how harmful that is. And, I mean, the 90s must have been a wild time for that, for it to be on every news channel and every newspaper. And, I mean, now it's unfortunately just, like, all on your phones and attacking you more personally. It's at your fingertips now, and it's just so widely accessible. I think just... If anything, like, maybe this movie could have taught us compassion in that regard, and I think that could have been a bigger theme or focus on it, but I get that it's not because it's historical, and we're just mean, evil people all the time. (laughs) Damn. And I'm not happy with it. Yeah. Um, But on a lighter note, uh, I posed this question to you guys the other day after Zoe Kazan tweeted it, of what historical event that, like, most people don't know about would you love to see turned into a movie or a TV show? And I just, I love that this one was brought to our attention. Because I'd never heard the name Richard Jewell. And that trailer was such a a bop. (laughs) And it's like, you will know his name. And I was like, I don't. Right. (laughs) I go home to my dad and my dad's like, ah, Richard Jewell, I know him. (laughs) And did you guys pick, I don't, before we get too far away with that, did you guys pick one? I didn't. I don't think I, I, it would, I would have to dig. I feel like I don't know anything other people don't know about (laughs) history. I can think of a couple stories, but like, I mainly am just saying that I'm glad that this story exists because of that. Um, Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm always just about like those cults and stuff. I know they made like a a Waco TV show this past year and I was like, that looks bad. (laughs) Did it? Yeah. What is it called? Waco. (laughs) (laughs) What's it about? I really want a movie about those female fighter pilots. You've been saying this as long as I've known you. Because you want to be in it. Because I want a female war movie. Like, that's why I like Sucker Punch so much, you know? It's just like, I want women, I want them to, to be, show, I want them to showcase the same camaraderie, I love Band of Brothers. I love Saving Private Ryan. Like, I love all those war movies because you get to show people in the throes of despair come together and work together and be brothers, and I want that for sisters. Oh, yeah. I'm so sick of people thinking that marriage is all a woman is fit for. I'm so sick of it. So you're going to make me start crying. Um... That's all. Yeah, I do like that uh, we have, like, Drunk History, because that shows yeah. Little, yeah, little those snippets are I don't that you're know. never going to get the chance to see, and they have that, like, that amazing one about the Revolutionary War woman, and Evan Rachel Wood plays her, who, mm. who dressed as a man so that she could go fight, and I'm like, oh, bravo. I also like Ooh. that they, they'll tell you stories you know, but more deep. Yeah, exactly, that's yeah. That's fun. Much more fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, last thing I was going to say about that is just that... Because I didn't know anything that happened, Courtney and I, when we saw it together, were just, like, really trying to predict. And I thought she would know about it. I never you know so much, like, crime stuff. And I was like, oh, she's going to know all the facts. And we were like, when is the bomb going to go off? Is it going to go off? Is anybody going to die? I was so stressed out. (laughs) And I was like, I don't think it does. I think they just find a bomb. (laughs) It goes off. Beware. All right, I don't get to talk again. <laughs> my number seven. <laughs> was it seven? Yeah. Yeah, my number seven is us. That's going to be higher on Kate. Oh, it is, yes. Oh, yeah. it's higher? Okay. Yeah. I get to talk next time. <laughs> All right. My number six choice is The Lighthouse. Ooh, have fun. Go for it. Nobody? <laughs> I like you say have fun. It sounds like we're like, fuck you. <laughs> oh, no, I mean it sincerely. No, I, I know you do. The Lighthouse. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Okay, so I think that this is a good point for me to say that I had a hard time deciding on what criteria by which I was judging all of these films Mm. because they're so different 
and I still don't know, but one of the things that I'm not judging these films on is rewatchability. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's like a big one for you, for Kayleen, mostly. For me, mostly? You say that a lot. You say, like, I didn't like it that much because... I feel like I got that from her. Honestly. Really? I feel like we both say it, but that's not impacting I, my list at all. I okay. Will, I will say I didn't take that into consideration much for these, only because how am I going to get the chance to watch everything twice this yeah. year? You know? Yeah, but in, in life, I do think about that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't rewatch films that much, really. I feel like I do a lot. I yeah. do too much. There's only one film on my top ten that I haven't seen at least twice. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess what I'm coming to is The Lighthouse is not an entirely rewatchable film. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't make it any less of a ingenious film in my eyes. I just think that all the choices are so specific, like down to the cinematography, down to the accents, like the actors' choices... The black and white, the ratio, it's like all purposeful and all the symbolism and imagery and all of that. And just, I cannot get over how <laughs> bomb Willem Dafoe was. Like, it's just so did either crazy. Of them, did either of them get a Golden Globe now? I want to say no. I feel like they didn't, which really blows my mind. It blows my fucking mind. <laughs> He's saying the monologue as dirt is getting thrown into his mouth. Like. <laughs> I just, and I, wow, I love, you guys, it's going to get really hard from now because I just fucking love my top six films. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, The Lighthouse, I just, it's just like such a master class in acting, I thought. I just, there's this one, the one part where he curses. We talked, we did The Lighthouse episode. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so go listen to our Lighthouse episode. Yeah, the part where Willem Dafoe launches into that, like, Shakespearean level c- cursing and the lighting is, like, underlit. He looks, like, demonic. And I was like, I have no idea what the fuck he's saying. But my mouth was, like, literally on the ground. And the ending, like, man, people need to stop giving Robert Pattinson shit because he's amazing. I think they're done with it. Okay, they better be. <laughs> because yeah. if not, you have three girls ready to fight. I'm sorry, there's still some white boys out there being like, he shouldn't be Batman. You can go fuck yourselves. Oh, there's so many white boys you know? out there saying you shouldn't be Batman. <laughs> He's gonna crush it. I think white boys have hated all of my most recent films that I've seen. <laughs> white boys have never even heard of Parasite. Sorry, white boys. I'm sipping on your tears right now. <laughs> Champagne is made from white boy tears. So I'm coming to an end of my uh, incoherent rant right now. I Much just... like the movie The Lighthouse. <laughs> Robert Eggers, let's get married. Oh. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> High note to end on. <laughs> okay, number six for me, which I know we can talk about now because it's not on Courtley's list and Kimmy already said it, oh, is yeah. Joker. Okay, Joker. I'm going to go to the bathroom. What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, I, I can see it. <laughs> I can see it? No, I'm, I'm a good listener. You leave the bathroom open, like the bathroom door open, and you just go, oh, that was a good point. <laughs> So, The Joker is number eight on my list. It's Mm -hmm. number six on your list. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to say that it's lower on my list than I thought it would have been because I got to a point in my list where I was like, this portion of my list, I can't really find anything wrong with the movies. Mm. This portion of my list is where I really liked it, but I can see things wrong with the movie. Gotcha. And the major thing I thought was wrong with this movie is that is what we already spoke about when we kind of briefly spoke about the Joker in another episode is yeah. 
that I don't, it's so realism oriented uh, that when they put that stuff in about, oh, the Waynes and Gotham and stuff, right. I forgot that I was watching a DC film and I felt like that was a little pigeonholed. Yeah. And I kind of just wanted to watch this guy who becomes the Joker. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to watch a Joker origin film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, it's funny that you say that because this one was right at the end of the ones that were really easy for me to make my list. Mm. Um, so this one, like everything below this I really struggled with, but this one I knew was going to be in my top, and as I was putting them around, it just like really easily fell to the bottom of my top, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, one of those reasons being that, uh, I guess going off of that in a positive and negative way, I thought that the world they created was so beautifully crafted and fully fleshed out. Mm -hmm. Like, I I felt like I was in a Gotham-esque world, even though I wasn't overtly aware of the fact that it was a Batman movie. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that was reflected in the colors and reflected in how, uh, what's the word, intricate his character was. Mm I I thought his performance was killer. Yeah. I really liked seeing the way that his various mental illnesses chipped away at him until, honestly, at the end, he's someone who's past the point of no return, and not to say that I... It's hard, because, like, you, you don't sympathize with him by the end, but there's a part of you that still doesn't hate him. That's great. That's, <laughs> like, my favorite thing about the yeah. movie, is that I feel bad for him, yeah. and we're following him as the, you know... Protagonist is a strong word, but he's the lead that we're following, Mm -hmm. and we are, we want him to succeed, even though there's, like, this, this really bleak feeling that we know he won't, in a way, he's gonna become a bad guy, and it, I think that it's the brilliance of this movie to make us feel bad for somebody that is a bad guy. We're not supposed to. I like how uneasy and uncomfortable it makes you by the end. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that I think probably some people don't like, but I really... (laughs) (laughs) Courtney's going to (laughs) barf. But I loved it. I liked feeling like, wow, this is crazy that this environment you're thriving in is one you are not allowed to... Like, you you can't be this guy. I can't be on your side anymore but this is like the first time you've thrived ever yeah and so like especially for somebody with such you know hardcore mental illness Mm -hmm. how are you not supposed to get swept away by this new fame that you have it's it's crazy Mm -hmm. um I just really liked being there for the ride and I I mean I I'm I a little bit feel like a dum-dum, but I definitely didn't see, like, anything coming. I was like, whoa! No, me neither. so twisty! (laughs) I didn't either. And I feel like, I know that I've spoke about this recently, but I like catching things before they happen. And just more and more, I just, something is happening to my brain where I'm just surprised by everything. Yeah. And I shouldn't be, but I am. But I think that's the telling of, you know what? I think that's actually really, my point is even stronger, because I think that's telling of a movie that really captures you mm-hmm. and that you really enjoy. Oh. And because Courtney didn't like it and she caught the twist. That's true. Yeah, I went into it with pessimistic eyes. <laughs> so they were ready. Oh, is somebody a Wayne? Oh. <laughs> Confront me in the bathroom. Who cares? <laughs> Are you going to shoot the talk show host? <laughs> I like uh, my Joker silly. He wasn't silly. <laughs> Why so serious, Joker? I'm offending all the white boys right now. <laughs> <sighs> I'm 
I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry I didn't like it. That's all right. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but it's okay. Anything else to say before we move on? I thought that his performance was amazing. I am not as convinced that he should just full throttle win Best Actor um, Oscar award. Agreed. I will talk about who I think should win later. I was going to ask if you guys, at the end of our episode, if we could have a an Oscars Ooh. desires. Yeah, that would be oh, fun. Man. Not predictions, yeah, desires. Because yeah. I'm not in the mood to predict. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I in also, the mood to like scream into the void I about how much I like someone. Yeah, I also don't think I'll pick one for everything, but the ones that I like really want. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I have a feeling that there's just such an overwhelming amount of people saying, it's him, it's him. Mm-hmm. I think Joaquin Phoenix is an excellent actor, probably like one of the best of our time. Yeah. For this particular movie, I don't necessarily agree stacked up against other people who are within his same category this yeah. year. But, Fair. you know, I'm just one girl. In a sea of men. <laughs> and we're all in the academy, so our votes totally matter. Wouldn't you love that? Oh, I would love it. <laughs> I would wreak havoc. <laughs> Starting with, Mago. Yeah, go. My number six is Dr. Sleep. Oh, okay. Yep. Alrighty. My first note for this wonderful film in all caps with an exclamation mark, is Rose the Hat. (laughs) My next note, the mood. Oh, yeah, mood is big. My next note, oh, the mood. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I loved this film. Um, Also, might I mention the mood? (laughs) The mood, anyone? Would you like a little mood with this? What do you mean by that? Oh, all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever had a mood? (laughs) (laughs) No, I can explain. Yeah, I Yeah. Well, the mood is the way that a story would make you feel, and I felt transported right back to um, The Shining, but with more hope, because Mm -hmm. it is a more hopeful take on The Shining. Um, If anything, it might even be like a more like PG-13 take on an R-rated film, Mm -hmm. even though they're both R-rated, because it does start out with, you know, those, those deep horned sounds of the like and the glorious shots of the do you feel the mood (laughs) yeah and and we're we're taken back to like a a Kubrick-esque time period but then it only lasts for so long because Mike Flanagan just really has his own thing he's got his own thing going on and he's just like creeping up there for me um which that's cool to think about because you know Kubrick became such an icon that I feel like Mike could get to that point one day. I just want everyone to. (laughs) I just, I I love directors who have a vision and who have um, their style. And not everyone has that, so I don't mean everyone, everyone. But, like, a lot of the people that we're talking about today, like, they have their own style. And he actually is, um, since I, I didn't get to talk about Little Women or Us... He's going to be the first director that I talk about right now because I just really, I understand what his vision is for these things and I'm dying now to own the DVD because Mike Flanagan has a three hour director's cut Wow! with much more from the book and this book is currently my number two favorite Stephen King novel. It it just, it just jumped all the way up to the top right there. Um, I think I've read like 17 and it's, it's now all the way up there and We'll see how it fares against the stand. Hi, Sarah. Um, (laughs) But I also just loved this as an adaptation because that's what it is. If you're going to do Stephen King, you need to focus on it being an adaptation. And it's one of the more true ones until the the ending where it goes 
obviously it has to service Kubrick's work mm-hmm. and I've taken the time now to um <laughs> I've gone through the stages of grief oh and now I'm okay and I just I love it so much I love all the shots of the hands that are throughout it I love the music I love the look of it it's got some amazing cinematography and my last note is Dan and Rose are my mom and dad. I can't help you. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say. I love them so much, and I, I really, really do. It's it's a mood and a half. Yeah. Everything Rose the Hat does, her glowing eyes, Dan and his um, addiction are just are just are very realistic, yeah. and you can really feel it and the tension that that exists and the turmoil that's within him. And it's connection to Abra through that. I, I love this movie. I love yeah. the characters. It all comes down to characters for me with this one. Um, and the adaptation. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. The, that thing you said a little bit earlier about it being a great adaptation. Mm-hmm. I think that's totally true. And I think this movie had a very difficult job. Because oh, yeah. it's very unique in the fact that it's not only adapting a book, but it is turning a sequel from a movie that was very different from a book. You know, that's like, okay. that's, that's, a, that's a tough job what to be was, stuck in the middle like that. Yeah, what was the honest trailer for The Shining where it's like from a guy who looked at the Shining novel and yeah. threw it in the trash can? <laughs> <laughs> he saw the cover. And now poor Mike Flanagan has this this job of, of bridging one of the most yeah. iconic films ever made with with a new work by Stephen King, because mm-hmm. Doctor Sleep is not that old. Yeah. And and it was something that just was, like, lingering in King's mind of, like, I have to go back to that. I have to tell Danny's story. Mm-hmm. That's just something that's sitting inside me. And then the other thing would be just that, um, like you said, it's an adaptation, but it's kind of two adaptations. He has to For adapt sure. The Shining. And he pays homage to it in the best, best way, I think, because the subtlety of, like, the staircase scene in the Overlook Hotel of, like, Rose and Danny mirroring Wendy and Jack Mm -hmm. with the axe and everything, Um, and then Lloyd the bartender being played as Jack Torrance, and even something as simple as Danny um, Torrance looking into that iconic doorway shot, which is just the hammiest thing any movie could ever do, and they just did it with such subtlety, and and, I mean, not subtly, like, we know what's happening, but it was calm, and it just let let you Mm -hmm. experience it, as opposed to Dennis Quaid from The Intruder, (laughs) banging down your door and screaming in your face. And, (laughs) Kimmy, I wish you could have been there. Why do you keep going back to The Intruder? Because The Intruder is love. The Intruder is life. I would die for you, Intruder! (laughs) Annie, the fox club! (laughs) Yeah, I just wanted to say, it did not make my top ten, but much like I said when we, you know, referenced it in our What We Watched This Week a while back, it, if it had made some tweaks, it very easily could have slid right on up there. Yeah. But just for me, it didn't. Yeah. All right, moving on to five. All We're right, halfway done, is, kind of. Kimmy, number five. Number five. I think this might get interesting, y'all. Ooh, I wonder if we'll tie. Ooh. My number five is Jojo Rabbit. Me too! Yeah? Yeah. Higher. Oh, <laughs> that's all right. Okay. <laughs> Let me just give this sucker. That was a low. interesting. Yeah, I don't know why. I just like felt it in my I bones. I felt it too. That someone was gonna tie with me there. Oh. Okay, now you five. Oh, me five. See, this is <laughs> now I'm like time to talk again, because uh, I am gonna talk. Number five is fighting with my family. Mm. 
yeah, this, this movie secured that spot very early on. I just knew that I wanted it up there because mm-hmm. of the way it makes me feel. Just the charm in this movie is unparalleled. It yeah. really is. It It is truly the year of the pew. It is the year of the pew. Write that down. I love Florence Can we Pee. just yes. have it on the record? Excuse me, record. Uh, the year of the pod is the year of the pew, so I think that we brought her into existence. I think we did. Florence Pugh, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> and us. Honestly, she's in like two of my top ten. She's in three, three of, of my, my favorite ten. movies this year. Even, I'm saying yours didn't make it in my top ten, but it was still a yeah. fave. Scarlett Johansson oh, yeah, yeah. is, like, in three also. Also Scarlett Johansson. It's the year of her, and so, like, great that they get to play sisters. Yeah. Um, also, we've talked about how Adam Driver has had a great year in terms yes. of what he's mm-hmm. done. But we're not talking about them. We're talking about Florence <laughs> Pugh. This movie just puts the biggest smile on my face, and it's so underrated, but it's just a movie that feels simplistic in the best way. It's a movie you watch. Go watch it. You don't need to, like, dissect it. We don't yeah. need to have, like, this this huge hashing out that we're going to have with my next top four movies. <laughs> um, <laughs> instead, it's just one that I highly recommend as a feel-good movie. Mm-hmm. It'll make you feel good. It'll make you feel, um... It made me feel too good. I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, Kayleen, like, happy cried. I it's did. a happy cry kind of movie, and... My favorite kind of cry. Yeah. Just the versatility of that woman and all that she can do. Mm-hmm. I just am so proud of her, and so that's why it's so high on my list, because uh, maybe this one for me is my one where I will say, rewatchability out the wazoo. Oh, that one's super great. I would love to just put that on right now. Yeah. All right, top four. Oh, my God, I'm so scared. I know. (laughs) Okay. My number four is Little Women. Now we can talk about it. Okay. Where was it on yours? Eight. Oh, okay. okay. Twice as low. Okay. (laughs) And it's not on your list at all? It was on my honorables. Oh, Okay. All right, Little Women. My notes are small, so do you want me to start, or do you want me to just jump in? Go ahead. I also, I mean, my last note in it is tangent. (laughs) (laughs) I plan on throwing a fit. I'll pause there and then let you go, and then I'll maybe like throw that in there somewhere. Um, My notes for Little Women are just that I know this story very well. Mm -hmm. I I even directed it the month that it came out with students. Right. But Greta's take on it just made it feel so fresh and unexpected. Mm -hmm. It's it's a story that's existed for 150 years. And to make that feel new and relatable in 2019 was all kind of done with her nonlinear storytelling. Yeah. I love that aspect of it. I love it too. Because that's not how that story exists. It's always a big time jump. I was curious about that. yeah, Yeah, where they recast Amy. Because, you know, you can't have a 13-year-old and a 20-year-old or a 13-year-old and a 17-year-old being the same. And I just love it. They're like, no, Florence has bangs now. (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, who gives a titty? Like, I want to see the same actors. Exactly. I I also just, from a filmmaking standpoint, the times when the frames would speed up or slow down, Mm. like when Joe would be running or when Teddy would be walking, it would speed or slow. It's just that I, it's my number eight because I wish that were more consistent throughout Mm -hmm. it. It gave up after the second time they did it. And I thought it was charming and beautiful. And the soundtrack was amazing. I want to write to that soundtrack by candlelight with like a quill pen in the dark. And the chemistry between all the March sisters and Marmee was just phenomenal. I mean, you can tell that those women really love each other. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And then I'll (laughs) I'll let Kimmy talk because I'm sure she's going to say something about what I have, but... 
I have a very just minor note where I wasn't willing to just write it all down in diary form, but I have a tangent to go on, so whenever you want to get to that. (laughs) A good tangent. Oh, a good tangent. Yeah, not a tirade. I thought it was going to be like, Timothy Chalamet! (laughs) (laughs) But let me just say, he's been a fuckboy now for 200 years. (laughs) (laughs) I I just, the first thing that I want to say about Little Women is that it is so pretty. I want all their clothes. Yeah. I want all of their houses. It's just so beautiful to watch. Mm -hmm. I did a little bit of research on the costuming and stuff like that and, like, all the research and planning and, like, subtext that they used to create the things that they're wearing is just phenomenal. Like, it's so amazing. (laughs) I love how, like, the way that they talk in this, it's Mm old-timey, but in a way that feels timeless. You know, I agree with that. I feel like it's modern. They're dovetailing. There's overlap. They say stupid things. Telling your sister not to use slang because it's unbecoming when yeah. really the slang word is capital or Christopher Columbus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I found that really enjoyable. I think I love their chemistry as well because it's a film about sisters. And I need that so much more. How many fucking movies have we seen about brothers? And those are some of my favorite movies. Yeah. Like, brother movies. Like the movie Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one who said it first. <laughs> like, sisters are interesting. Mm-hmm. Sisters can be poisonous, you know? <laughs> sisters can burn your manuscript. Yeah. And, and it, your hair. <laughs> yeah. I think it's so sisters interesting. Sisters almost let you die in a lake because they're mad at you. <laughs> yeah. And I... More volatile creatures. <laughs> um, I just thought it was... That it was so loving. And I love the monologue that Saoirse Ronan as Joe did in the attic. It's like... It's just like so great. And I saw this like article or something where... It was a review, I think. Where they quote what she's saying. And you probably have it written down, Courtney. The very last thing that she says. Like, I wish that women weren't just yeah. for marriage. And she said, I'm sick of it. And the person in the reviewer said, that's going to be highlighted a lot. But the end of that monologue is... That's my favorite part. I'm so lonely. Oh, yes. My tangent is... I don't know how to put it into writing, but go off about Joe's monologue because yeah, we're going to get personal with these top fours. I know yeah, we are. We've, <laughs> we kind of had to talk about this before we <laughs> did the episode and we were like, we already know what is going to make it higher on each other's lists just because we know each other's traumas. So we're going <laughs> to dip our toes in them a little for you guys. Yeah. Prepare to get dunked in trauma. <laughs> God. <laughs> Dipped Um, and dunked. (laughs) Yeah, because I'm a single woman at this moment in my life with opportunities maybe to be less so, and I'm just not feeling that. I don't want it. I want my independence. I want what she says right now. I want for women to be thought of as more than just made for marriage, but I'm so lonely. I know that. Mm -hmm. I know that. And that that line just hit me so hard in the car after a date, and I just started crying yeah. because I it was a day after I had seen the movie, thinking about it, and just knowing that that's how that resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Um, that movie did not resonate with me half as much as that line did yeah. because that line hit home in just every way imaginable. We're mm-hmm. all going through that, and in, in more ways than others, it's, it's about your independence. It's about your agency from your family, from your friends, from uh, your potential spouses or partners or anything and it just 
<laughs> yeah, I feel that. What I loved so much about that line is that it let go of any room for people demonizing Amy for getting with yes. um, mm-hmm. Lori. Which is also a great because, work of Greta Gerwig. Yes. Because, because you guys also know Amy March is one of the most hated literary characters. Yes. I did, because when yeah. Florence went on Stephen Colbert, he was like, you have to play the dot like fucking Amy. And she was like, <laughs> I love Amy. And and how can you not after watching this? And watching it, I mean, I, as you know, and as Kimmy may know, I didn't know shit about Little Women. I don't know how I escaped it my whole life, but I didn't, and I never once thought she was a weak character. Mm-hmm. Oh no, and I, it's it's largely due to because people recast Amy. Amy starts out as cute little Kirsten Dunst, and then grows up to a woman that you is new and you don't have any tie to her, mm-hmm. and you see her like flirting with Laurie and t- taking Joe's trip to Europe and becoming uh, this yeah. whole better woman and like Louisa May Alcott I just I really wonder what kind of relationship she must have had with her Amy whose right. name was May yeah and who died giving birth to her child and then oh left my. the child to Louisa May Alcott and Louisa May Alcott died single and alone <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but she's a famous author so he broke me so <laughs> it's not higher on my list <laughs> is that really why no, oh. I'm not. I'm not broken by it. No. <laughs> I'm really not. Um, I felt at peace and joyful watching it. And again, I only cried in retrospect, connecting it to my own woes, mm-hmm. like the narcissist that I apparently am. No, that's <laughs> not true. I know. I'm that's not. what movies are supposed to do. Yeah. Um, but but I do I do think that Greta took the time and the care to make all of these women human and having Mm -hmm. that conversation between Meg and Joe about your just because my dreams are different than yours does not make them any less important Mm -hmm. and and I can want something basic and that's okay and that's okay and poor Beth doesn't get the opportunity to want Mm -hmm. because she's so sick all the time and then Amy that's all she has is want within her and I mean it's just that's the same with Joe and that's why they two have such a tumultuous relationship is because they're two sides to the same coin totally same thing with Marmee Marmy's line about how I'm always angry I loved that. is brilliant. Yeah. This movie is like climbing down my list. It's now my number two. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know what I liked about that line is we, this isn't on any of our lists I assume, but uh, we all just saw A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood mm, and yes. it was similar to how Mr. Rogers says he's like, no, I totally get angry. It's yeah. like, just because I'm doing a good job of dealing with my feelings doesn't mean I'm not a human. And that's something that I need to work on. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of a ball of sunshine a lot of the times, but I do know that I if I get upset, I can just like shut down and close mm-hmm. off or be distant and stuff. And I mean, hearing from these beautiful souls like Marmee and Mr. Rogers about yeah. just how like feel those feelings and, and look somebody in the eye and say, oh, I'm feeling that. And they're just going to look you back and say, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. And that's what Joe and Marmee get out of each other. And it just proves that hate's gonna get you nowhere she she hated amy for a day and look where that ended up and it's just we only have so many sisters in our lives life is too short to be mad at one's sisters (laughs) and i think of you guys as my sisters too and i just think that please (laughs) please god oh man but boy those women sure were little (laughs) okay so you're number four kayleen Oh, it's me. Oh, that was your number four. Okay, yes. so it's me. Okay, my number four is us. Cool. Now wow. is our time to talk about it, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was was on my honorable mentions. It didn't make my list. Was it on your list? It was lower on my list. It was was number seven. Number seven. Um, And my note is I didn't know where to put this at all. Oh. (laughs) This one moved around so much. It did. And the only reason it got both so low and so high is Mm -hmm. because I don't emotionally connect with it the way that I do with Doctor Sleep. Mm. Or things lower, but then also I'm like, I know it's it's a better movie than Captain Marvel. You don't need to you don't need to yell at me. <laughs> um, You're like even my best friends will yell at me. Yeah, and I've loved every conversation that we've had about yeah. it. We've had so many off air. Yeah. Just all the rewatchability magic that goes into a Jordan Peele project yeah. makes them so amazing. And I I mean that in a way of not just like. The movie's only good if you can sit down and watch it whenever. I mean it in, like, you're going to find every... Yeah. You're going to find the secrets to the universe if you just yeah. take the time to make, like, a crazy-ass murderer wall mm-hmm. and, like, piece all the puzzles together. Because that man's mind, I don't even know. Yeah. That was one of my big notes, is that the thing that sets this movie apart on my list is that Jordan Peele is the king of the details. Mm-hmm. Everything is important. Everything is interesting, even down to the VHS tapes sitting in the Uh. first shot of the movie, (laughs) even down to bunnies having two ears and scissors having two blades, like, (laughs) just, and there's, he's one of those guys who everything is so important that you never know where it stops. It's like, is the carpet beige because it's harsher than tan? I don't know, you know? It's like... (laughs) His family have hardwood because they're rich and privileged? (laughs) So I... I love it for that because, like, we, you know, remember that video where he did um, fan theories for I love that video. Get Out? And they said the thing about separating the colors from the white with her cereal eating. And he goes, No, nah, I thought it was just something like a weird white chick would do. And I was like, <laughs> Theories have been going around about separating the whites from the colors for months. <laughs> so it's, I just feel like there's got to be stuff like that in us where yeah. we think it's really important. And he's like, No, nah, I'm just really good at my no, job. I just think bunnies are creepy. I think they should. <laughs> Just, like, be around. Yeah. Oh, I don't like their faces. <laughs> I thought scissors were a cool weapon. What? <laughs> um, yeah, and I would also like to say go listen to the Take 3, a movie podcast episode about of it. Course. Because they cover a lot of the stuff that we had talked about separately. And then they also read the stuff I sent them about it, which was <laughs> a whole lot. <laughs> um, yeah, I just thought it was so exciting. It was so fresh. It was great, and I can't wait for more, and I loved Get Out as well, but this one was so different, and left me with so much to talk about, and so much feeling, and I just think we can all agree, we are in the resurgence of the horror genre. Oh, it's amazing. It was dead for years. It was, you know, it's such a hard genre to do. Yeah. You know? But then it's also kind of not because if you just take the time and the care. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As long as you're not doing, churning out Black Christmas, which just came out when we already had one with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Like, (laughs) just stop. Just have an original idea. Go to Sweden. Figure it out. It's fine. (laughs) Foreshadowing. Spoilers. (laughs) Listen, Midsummer's not on any of our lists. Get over it. (laughs) Nor was it an honorable mention. And what I like about it, too, is much like Joker, it leaves you with a lot of moral questions at the end about yourself and others and America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Happy 2020. Think about it. That's all I got to say. Well, we get to talk now, Kayleen, because my number four is Parasite. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. It, it was, was your number, number 10. 10 to remind everyone. Yeah. Yes. 
I could have and should have seen. This is the one I'm most upset about not having seen. It's still in theaters. You just, I will you just see didn't, it. You just didn't make it for today's recording, but yeah. you can go see it still. Yeah. They kept it at our uh, at the Landmark Theater by us since we saw it, I think. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. still there. And it's at some AMCs. That's crazy. Um, so this one was one I really, gosh, I had a hard time with this because I understand all the things about it that make it beautiful and great and amazing and it totally deserves all the hype it's getting. I just felt like there wasn't really anything in it that I personally connected to. Like, it didn't touch me in a way where, like, my life experiences really... I just didn't. I didn't feel oh, no, that I, way. I feel that. I'm, I'm coming at this completely from, like, a, a film yeah. standpoint. Like, yeah. a, like that's, that's a gorgeous film. Yeah. That everything about the care that went into it, I love it. Yeah. And, it, yeah, it didn't... It didn't um, emotionally resonate with me the way that mm-hmm. my next three movies are going to. Right. But I can look at it and say that was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like everything that Bong Joon Ho put into that, I, I love. I love every yeah. second of it. Um another interesting thing that this is next is that it also deals a lot with class and the morals of privilege. Yes. Yeah. Um the other thing I just wanted to say is that uh, I'll let you mostly talk about it, but the script is hilarious. Actors were amazing, and I'm sure if I spoke the language, both of those things would be even better. Oh, yeah, because I was, I was really wondering what kind of, um, like, I, I did, like, a deep dive for Reddit with this one of just, like, what other people were saying and what um, maybe, like, Korean-speaking film viewers were saying about it and all that stuff, and pretty much the, the, like, main thing it comes down to is a lot of humor that exists within that culture and, like, different things that they're saying, um, which I don't need to get into because it's just going to sound really tidbitty but the cinematography in it is phenomenal mm-hmm. and I just want it to come for that best picture win I really do oh, I think it is a lot of people I saw this yeah. interesting article where it was a bunch of different film I don't know what the word is like film groups like yeah let's say AFI like this and the, all these different ones saying they're like best picture best actor the ones they want yeah and a lot of them a lot of them gave best picture to Parasite yeah. which I hope it I hope it's up there because it, a Korean film has never won for Best Picture, yeah. and there there are some amazing Korean films, and I think Bong Joon-ho, just everything that he does, it's it's another one of those detail things, like you talking about Jordan Peele. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, a, a master class in detail, because um, if you think about like class and privilege, and you connect that to a symbol of water, uh, if you think about that whole yeah. movie, and all the different times that water comes up when they're staying in the rich family's home, mm-hmm. and they're like throwing the bottle of Voss across the floor, mm-hmm. because it's like they've made it and they're here, but then rain is their downfall, because then what happens to their home with yeah. water, and you hear the privileged woman say, the, the rain was such a blessing, oh yep, we're so yep, happy, yep, yep, and it's just, that. it's this... It's this clear people of, like, the rich getting richer, yeah. and the poor getting poorer, and, um, this family is so scrappy and so smart, and they're doing everything right, and the world is just beating them down, yeah. and I just think that, um, there's a lot of, of care taken to, to making those symbols clear with the, the water as well as the rock, mm-hmm. the rock that they're given. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. I wow. want to say so many things, but no, I know what you're saying. I'm I like, know what you're saying about the Think about the rocks. when they when I they know turn. What you're saying about they, the rocks. Yeah, <laughs> they turn on the rock, and then the rock turns on them. Wow. This was just the year of rocks. <laughs> I really need to see this. Yeah. Midsummer also effed with rocks. <laughs> Uncut gems, rocks. <laughs> <laughs> True. True. Yeah. 
Jumanji, The Rock. <laughs> Fighting with my, my family, family the, the Rock. rock. <laughs> yeah, um, love and appreciate what was done. Yeah. And it's a gorgeous film, the cinematography. Yeah. Chef's kiss. I also thought that, <laughs> thinking back on it, one of the things that I felt like put it on the list is that the pacing, I think, is flawless. Because it keeps you entertained, but also on edge. And those, it rides the line of both of those things the entire time. And, a, and a same thing with genres of thriller comedy, thriller comedy. Yeah, like, yeah. you're constantly, like, getting whiplash from mm-hmm. it of how am I supposed to feel right now. And at times it's it's so scary, and at times it's so funny, and yeah. you just don't know where your head's at. Mm-hmm. Bong Joon-ho, man. I love him. <laughs> I love him. Go Bong. Top three. All right, Kimmy. Get your dukes up. Number three. All right, guys. Number three, marriage story. All right. Here we go, wounds. Let's <laughs> open them. <laughs> you guys not? You guys didn't have it on your list. I did. She I did. have it at number nine. Okay. All right. I loved this movie. Mm-hmm. And it really hurt to watch it. But I think I will watch it a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Kimmy made us not watch it with her, actually. Yeah, it was, well, I actually ended up watching a lot of it with Courtney, but... Oh, right. Yeah, like yeah. the second half. I'm glad that I did watch the beginning by myself, though, because I just think it's not... Only is it so well acted by Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson, but I just think the production is equally as fantastic. Like... I, and I know we talked about, I talked about it at length in another one of our episodes, but I love how it's reflective of a theater performance. Yeah. And I, I love that the actors are given a lot of time to behave in their environment with these long takes. I love the eccentricity of who the characters are and their relationships are so specific, not just the ex-husband and ex-wife, but like their families and yeah. stuff like that. And um, what is so crazy about it is that it's a story about divorce, but it's also <laughs> a really hopeful story. Yeah, it's a know? marriage story. I know. Yeah. <laughs> this, this movie has a lot of personal <laughs> stuff with me, but... We all um, have one really personal movie in our top we three. We do, yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just really liked it, and I have to come at myself <laughs> because in the other episode I said I know that Adam Driver did stuff of his own volition and they just kept it in the take and then they I, didn't they didn't no <laughs> and I looked back right after we <laughs> recorded that episode and it said every single pause gasp every <laughs> hesitation was written and they did it all specifically like that I was like wow I don't know if I'm upset or impressed yeah, you know yeah. I'm impressed because I I then know that like a play, they had to have rehearsed this. Yeah. They had to. You mm-hmm. can't just do that. You have to rehearse these things. If you're going to be that intricate and you're going to um, have a handle on your actors like that. Yeah. It's, it's not just uncut gems, have fun, yell at each other. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought yeah. it was so raw. Their emotions are so raw. That fight scene in the apartment is amazing. Like I said in the other episode, it's just really reflective of how anger and frustration like this can get out of hand and become such a bigger thing. Was this the year of anger as well? Honestly, like, <laughs> shouldn't have have been. Like, 2019 was rough. How to manage yeah. and how to manage it. Or yeah. it was getting rid of your anger. <laughs> yeah. In productive or uh, deadly ways. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if I can say much more about it without crying, but I just, I, I thought 
It was just one of the most amazing mm-hmm. films of the entire year. The thing that for me, which you already said this, but the thing that solidified it making it on the list and not being an honorable mention is the reflection of their artistic life in the style. Mm-hmm. And we've, I mean, we've said this about several movies. When a movie's theme is reflected in the way the movie is made, amazing. Like, yeah. that's, honestly, it's kind of simple to do, but also very difficult. And when mm-hmm. you can when you can pull it off in, in a productive way, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought this one, like we said before, put me in a whole ass mood. Mm-hmm. Partially because the day we watched it, it was oh, rainy was so and amazing. stuff. But it, this was a whole ass mood. Um, that fight scene, obviously amazing. It reminded me so much of the fight scene from La La Land. Yeah. With how natural it felt and how realistic it felt to a point of uncomfortability. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think that Scarlett Johansson is also amazing, but there's just something about seeing a grown man break down and fall to his knees crying that uh, just, that broke my heart. Yeah, it hurts. That was the moment that broke my heart the most. <laughs> and what I love so much about it is that these are just people. Neither of them is a villain. They're just people, and they both have versions of their story that are important yeah. to them. I think the ending is, like, the most important part, when he reads the letter from the beginning. And that was one of those things that should have been so obvious, but it totally took me by surprise. Of course. Of course. I know. What a good way to end the movie. He, cries and his lip, like, quivers, and I'm just like, ah. As important as something like that is, I think also just something that resonated with me was them getting to be in Halloween costumes together. Yeah. Yeah. Because that just solidifies that things are going to be okay, and that Mm -hmm. lends to the hope of, like... Because that's not the case for every marriage that you yeah. guys get to be at that point. And it's the case that you hope people get to be at, but it's not. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm sorry that it's not. I know. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, the the leniency that they get to by the end where it's like, you can have him today. Yes. And not mm-hmm. like, these are my hours. If you're looking for a good cry on a movie focused on the child, Mrs. Doubtfire every time. <laughs> I'm not kidding. The, no, end, yeah. the ending, they're like, and just remember that they still love you. And I'm like, I'm 25 and I'm crying still about this. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, the Mr. Rogers episode of Divorce. Yeah. yeah. Damn. It's pretty much what that is. Yeah. It's a very real thing. That, that yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, number three for me Mm -hmm. is Midsummer. Higher. That's higher. Higher. (laughs) Okay, we get to talk now about Jojo Rabbit. That's my number three. Sick. Okay. Cool. Where was it for you again, Kimmy? It's number five. Oh, right. We we tied, right. Mm -hmm. And we have a whole Simply Spoilers episode on this. We do. I actually found this to be the hardest one to put notes for because I felt like we talked about everything I could ever think of. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great movie. <laughs> it's so good. I don't. I don't really want to like re- right? restate everything. No. I'll, I'll, I put very brief notes, so I'll say them because I really had to think about it. I put beautiful balance of comedy and heart, mm-hmm. stunning comedic timing, and insane dialogue. Yeah. Vibrant, simple yet effective. Yeah. I would say that my only note would be that. It could have come for number one. This mm. movie is just everything I want in a movie. Yeah. I'm all about comedy. I love heartfelt movies, and this one easily could have just been up there, if not for certain things, like, emotionally resonating with me more, mm-hmm. to, to make me want to say, like, no, that's what I want as the best thing. Yeah. Um, but this movie is... It's gorgeous. And I really hope that it's a contender. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Which maybe we'll talk about at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. I think that's amazing that Roman Griffin Davis has a... Golden Globe nomination. That's so I great. Know. So, so happy cool. for him. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. amazing. 
Number two, Kimmy. Number two for me is Midsummer. Okay. Okay. Higher. Oh. <laughs> you guys, now you guys know all my now cards. Now we know. I am shocked at Kimmy's number one. I am utterly and completely shocked. I'm trying to think of what she hasn't said. So you know just based on what she hasn't said yet? Yeah. Oh. It's not that. Is it really not? No, it's not Rise of Skywalker. Oh, shit. Thank God. <laughs> okay. Guys, here's the thing. Oh, my I, God. We don't even have to guys, talk about it this episode. Rise of Skywalker no, is not that on that my was. list. I know <laughs> that it's bad. Hey, I know that it's bad. Kimmy, I was terrified. No, you guys. I know that it's bad. I didn't think it's it was so on bad. the list until she did that motion just now. It, I, well, she hasn't said it yet, and yeah. it wasn't even an honorable mention. No, it wasn't, because I know that it's bad. <laughs> Thank it's you. It's really badly done. Yeah. I had a great time watching it. Same. And I was really emotionally affected. I loved all the nostalgia. I loved all the corniness. Mm-hmm. And I think Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley are amazing. And honestly, everybody knows I love Oscar Isaac. <laughs> and I just cried and cried and cried. And I knew that it was bad. Thank and, you. But I cried because I loved it. So, Ooh. you know. I had a, a phenomenal time watching it with Kayleen. And I since saw it two more times after that. I've seen it enough. And it's it's an honorable mention because it's a shit show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but how lucky am I that I get to have another movie with these amazing characters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but moving on. No, that's not my number one. Now I have no idea what your number one is. Oh, really? Wait, what did you say? You said your number two is Midsummer, and she said higher, right? Yes. yes. Okay, so I guess it's time to talk about Honey Boy, right? Nope. That's your number one. It, oh. That's what she hasn't said yet. I feel wow. silly. Okay. I feel that was silly. my number two. Okay. Okay, so what do we do now? So now, oh. No, I have a number two, but it'll right. be Kayleen's number one. <laughs> Okay. Oh, yes it is. What's your yes, number two? Okay, we all know our cards. My number two is Endgame. Kimmy, what's yeah. your number one? Honey Boy. Mine is Avengers Endgame. Mine is Midsummer, And isn't that <laughs> cool that we had the same... Top three. We had the same... Well, no, Honey Boy's not I, on mine, but that's, okay, that's but really fun. Marriage Story is an unusual. Oh, right. You're right. No, you're right. <laughs> but it was a but nice I'm, little passing. I'm looking at my top three, and it's all of our last things. That's so fun. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay. Um, so we can just go in order of <laughs> Honey Boy, Endgame, Midsummer. Sure. Okay. All right, Kimmy. All right. Honey boy. Honey boy. <laughs> I thought this movie was amazing. Mm-hmm. It's. I also love it so much because it's everything that I like about indie movies in one film. You know. Yeah. I like the slice of life. I like the unique choices in cinematography that are kind of indulgent sometimes. I like the color choices. I like the raw kind of like painful. Actor performances. Mm. Um, I think it's a b- very brave thing that Shia LaBeouf did. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that he did a fantastic job. I think Lucas Hedges did a great job doing a semi-autobiographical version of Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. And yeah. No Jupe is just amazing. And I don't think that there's many films where I audibly go <gasps> in, you know, in the theater. But I definitely did when, when his dad slapped him. You could say that. When his dad... Or spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> when his dad smacks him, mm-hmm. you know, because you know that their relationship is tumultuous, but you don't know to what extent quite yet, and that just shows you the whole brunt of it, that it even comes to physical um, abuse, Yeah. you know? And the fact that there's still forgiveness in that, something that is very touching to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a hard time forgiving stuff like that, and I haven't even experienced anything like that, luckily, so I think that it is a very 
brave thing to do to depict his life in this way. Mm-hmm. And and for the director, too, because she yeah. had a similar yes. kind of relationship. That's another thing I love about it. It's a female-led film, yeah. you know, female-created film, female director. Just like, hell yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's such a good film. Get the recognition that you deserve. I know yeah. that she doesn't even give two shits, though. Yeah. You yeah. know. But I want it for her. But I want it, yeah. Yeah, so this one is my personal film. <laughs> the one that just, it it couldn't not be so high up because it just, it really resonated with me. And I felt like this movie was made, obviously, for Shia and for Alma's therapy, in a way. Mm-hmm. For them to be able to work out these problems in a creative and beautiful way. But I think, at the same time, it's there for viewers to do the same. And what I love about this film is that, kind of like you had said and like critics have been saying, um, this isn't a film that points fingers. That's not the point. It's not saying, like, you know, you were the bad guy and I'm perfect or, like, you messed me up. It's a film about forgiveness and relationships in a healthy and realistic way. Um, I thought the script was perfect. Like, the way that he captured, especially a father in that era. And I just, one of the things I really want to praise this film for is I am really sick of movies. I'm going to use an example of one that, like, I went into it knowing it probably wouldn't be good, but I watched it anyway. There's a film on Netflix. I think it's a Netflix original. It's starring Kristen Bell. And it's about oh, her yeah, relationship yes. with her dad. I've seen that. And I watched it. And I knew it wouldn't be good. Like, I just knew. And it was just all the cliches of that type of movie. Where it's like, uh, you know... A We're tumult- estranged. Guess I'll love him because we spent time on a boat together. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end, there's like a climactic scene where she cries. And he says all the things she wants to hear. Much like how in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, when his father is dying, his father says all the things he wants to hear, and I'm just kind of sick and tired of that. I don't find that cathartic anymore. I Maybe as a kid I did or whatever, but, like, that's not realistic in most cases. And, like, yes, of course, that's, like, the dream scenario, but, like, I just, I don't know. I don't see who that's helping anymore to make movies like that. Mm-hmm. Seems very nineties, so, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so to see a movie where all you gotta do is say, "Make me look good, honey boy." That's my favorite part. And that says everything you need to know about them both getting closure as better, more mature human beings. Because he's gonna forgive him as yes. he makes it. Mm-hmm. I just like. I just think that's amazing. Like that's all that you need to do to say that that relationship's okay, even though it's never gonna be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Shia and Noah, I don't know if they're going to get recognition, but they should be coming for those Oscars because those were two of the most amazing performances I've seen this year. Mm-hmm. Did they not even get Golden Globes? No. Nope. Honey Boy didn't get a single thing. Nope. And I'm like, Oscars, do me justice. It's not going to happen. I went disappointing. <laughs> As an Amy Adams fan, <laughs> I've learned to live with the pain. <laughs> yeah. That's all my thoughts. Awesome. Now you get to talk about your number one. Oh, it's my turn to talk about my number one. Because that's my number two. Yeah. What was it? Was it for you? Uh, seven. Seven. Um, Avengers Endgame, you guys. <laughs> we did a Simply Spoilers on this, but it was a while ago, so I still feel like I have tons to say. So we can talk for another hour about it. <laughs> um, 
My first note, and I think the most important one, because this is the reason it's number one, my expectations were so high, nobody could have met them. Like, they just couldn't. They were unrealistic. And yet, <laughs> oh, what? Who, what? They did. And I just couldn't be happier. I didn't stop screaming for three hours. <laughs> I love it so much. I do love that you said we endgamed so hard I got sick. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you were pretty sick after the movie. <laughs> I was. Yeah. Um, I just feel very fortunate to be... I feel like we're at the prime age, and, like, it's so cool that we've gotten to be a part of this entire journey. Mm-hmm. Like, and we didn't start too young. Like, we were at an age where we were old enough to appreciate movies in uh-huh. general, mm-hmm. and we've been there from the beginning, and, like, what an experience, unlike anything else. We'll get unlike to tell Star our Wars. kids about this. That's the only thing I want to say about this film is that um, I grappled a lot with having it in my top ten at all, but I had to because mm-hmm. not only is it an amazing film, it's also one of the biggest movie events of the decade. Yes. Just like everything leading up to it, everything that's involved with making mm-hmm. Endgame, it's, it's been years in the making. And I'm scared I'm not going to get an experience like that in my life. Probably not. <laughs> I really don't think since, like, the first saga of Star Wars, like, the first trilogy of Star Wars, there yeah. has not been a movie of this caliber. Like, to the degree of fame, to the degree of hype. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing I wanted to say is just that the callbacks to the previous movies really pulled the heartstrings for me mm-hmm. and the memory strings. And I remember how hyped I was to see the very first Avengers and I saw it at midnight like it was either a couple days or like the week before my senior prom and that was like back when you had to go at midnight because you couldn't go at like 7 p.m. like they didn't we have can now. 7 p.m. showing yeah. right. I'm, I miss midnight screenings so it's fun it was just such a thing and then to get to watch that in this last one and remember that as well mm-hmm. it's just very satisfying Alrighty. And now... So, my number one movie is Midsummer, And it's my number two. And, and it's, it's my number, number three. three. Wow. Wonderful. Let's all talk. <laughs> Let's all grab hands and scream. <laughs> <laughs> I just would like to... This is so funny because she's not here right now, but my sister's visiting right now. We got to show it to her last night. And before we watched that, we were talking about Midsummer briefly. And she's like, why do you like that film so much? It's just a horror movie. It's... Not. <laughs> it is so much more than a horror movie. It's my trauma personified. <laughs> it's really not even a horror movie. No, no, it's really not. It's really like a happy movie. But <laughs> I feel yeah. ecstatic at the that end. That guy's got people in the seats. Yeah. And yeah. that's, that's, yes. Mm-hmm. And then it, it got a lot of angry boyfriends walking out and mm-hmm. hopefully ended a lot of happy relationships. <laughs> yeah, right? It's about... They're like, I relate to Christian. Right? <laughs> it's about empowerment. It's about overcoming trauma. It's about family. It's about self-love. In a way, female friendship. Yes. Yeah. Home. Yeah. It's about finding a support system. It's it's great. It's about being held. And yes, it is about being held. And I, I know this is true for me, and I think for both of you, maybe not, but... Our introduction to the Queen, Lawrence Pugh. Courtney saw Did Lady you, Macbeth. I saw Lady Macbeth. Oh, because that was a couple years ago. That was. A couple I was years thinking ago. you might have seen Fighting with My Family before this, and it was, it was my introduction to her of you guys going. 
It's the girl from Fighting With My Family. And I was like, no, it's not. It's the girl from Lady Macbeth. You guys don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I didn't say that, but I yeah, was like, yeah, no, yeah. no, it's the girl from that. Yeah. And you were like, she's also in this. And I was like, Year of the Pew. Year of the Pew. I just can't believe her versatility. Yeah. So good. It's a scary movie, you know, but the part where she finally gets to, like, scream and yell and everybody's there supporting her and yelling, part. too. Yeah. I, like, we just watched it again last night, and I, like, I'm almost crying. Yeah. And it's, like, ridiculous. It's ridiculous mm-hmm. that that's an emotional pull, but it is, you know? Mm-hmm. It's so brilliant. It's brilliant. Nobody's ever let her do that before. I know. Yeah, Ari Aster just... I haven't seen Hereditary, but from all that I've heard and from me seeing this movie, he is the master of metaphor. Honestly, I can't wait yes. to see what he does next. Like, what the fuck will he think of next? <laughs> what will he think of next? He and Jordan Peele just make all the movies. What's also amazing is we're getting three sophomore films from people. Yeah. It's the two of them and Greta Gerwig. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that cool that it's like we get that from them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then for me to just be really basic, awesome that it's a horror film in the daytime. Like, yeah. well, oh, that's what? so cool. Still, still fucks me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and the fact that I feel like I haven't even scratched the surface with unpacking all these metaphors mm. and, and symbolism in this is just beyond me. My big thing with the symbolism and the metaphor is just the relationship. Because I feel like a big um, argument against this film could be she literally sets her significant other on fire. Oh, yeah. And it's it's really not about that. And mm-hmm. it's it's not about she literally joins a cult. It's not. It's it's about finding your home. And it's, it's first and foremost a story. And mm-hmm. so it's telling that story from a way that is both visual and as severe as it can be. We're seeing the most extreme thing you can do rather than, as this film is, about a breakup, rather than just end your relationship... No, instead, go to a nine-day festival in Sweden and set him on fire in a bear costume. Yeah. <laughs> and I felt seen by that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want to do to all my ex-boyfriends. I felt very seen by that. Um, because we, we, we as women and we are just in North America, Sweden could be different. <laughs> we don't get that opportunity. And... <laughs> Very sincerely, because it's it's storytelling. You know, um, that that's that's something about why I love Gone Girl so much mm. is because Amy went through this entire elaborate scheme to ruin a man's life just for cheating on her, and it's like in the real world, marriage story, you get divorced. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, don't do that. <laughs> Put him in a bear costume instead. <laughs> get wild, go crazy, have fun. School. That's what School. that's what Midsummer <laughs> is about to me. Um. And, and this one is my, my personal film of, of the year and of a really long time, especially um, getting the opportunity to talk with Aaron about it. Mm. Because Aaron and I have had such similar circumstances and relationships with significant others of what that's like, of a Danny and Christian scenario, yeah. of, of worrying you're too much, and then of uh, voicing that and being gaslit for years, mm-hmm. and of just having to experience these things where I don't scream in your guys' faces, but I finally do feel supported. And oh. and our friendship did drop out for a while when I was with the last person that I dated. Because he was, um... He was a Christian. He was a Christian. He was a Christian. He was a Christian. I mean that non-religiously. I mean that... What's I mean Christian's that, last name? That would make it easier. <laughs> right. 
because he's a tall redhead named Christian. Yeah. Um, to then have this movie that I get the opportunity to talk on a podcast about with the two women in my life who mean everything to me about female friendship. And this has been my number one for a few months now. But if you'll recall in our episode explaining Midsummer, it wasn't. I gave it like a seven and a half. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because a lot of it felt way too close to home. Mm-hmm. I watched it and I saw myself as Danny and I just was like mad at her character for letting this man oh, walk yeah. all over her. And then I didn't understand why she would then hurt him in the end. And I just, it's like that internalized misogyny. I'm now like, oh, yeah, <laughs> my bad. Yeah. And it just really sucks because that's the case for a lot of women is, is wasting time and years and love and um, everything on something that, that's not important and that's not home and it's not being held and I think that for Ari Aster to take such a complex and amazing idea and put it onto film where people point at it and say horror film or they say stupid or they say I didn't get it and it's like I just want him to know that I did and Mm -hmm. there are so many people who do feel empowered by it and who do feel seen by it and I started my Captain Marvel discussion with feeling seen and I'm ending it with Midsummer saying that like I'm really happy with how women were represented on film this year and Mm -hmm. I just am eager for more of it. I really am. Yes, aren't we all? <laughs> I think that that's a really good point, is that at the end of the day, the horror genre is still stuck to it, and it's because being in a relationship like that is like a horror film. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> um, that gaslighting scene in particular, where Christian says he's going to leave, and Danny has to say apologize. no and apologize, Like I was very appreciative for that scene, because I think... Ari Aster did such a good job of showing how damaging it feels to be treated that way. Whereas I feel like usually in a movie like that, the relationship is, oh, we hate him because he's abusive, or we hate him because, I don't know, just much more extreme things. But but this showed how much it hurts and how much it sucks to be belittled and, like, stabbed in small ways for a long time. And made to apologize for your own pain. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's... That's a huge tactic of, of gaslighting, mm-hmm. and it's just so unfortunate. Um, as someone who's experienced it, I can then point to this film and say, you set that man on fire. <laughs> <laughs> do what you gotta do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and and watching it, I saw it for a fourth time with Kimmy and Jesse last night, and it's just one of those movies that's so fun to catch things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when she first comes to the Horga... Um, the male leader says to her, welcome home, but he doesn't say that to anyone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he says, hi, hi, welcome, welcome, and he shakes Danny's hand and says, welcome home, oh, and Denise I freaked out. Asked me, and she goes, did you fucking hear that? <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Adorable. <laughs> and there's just so many more things that we're just, it's gonna have to come with, with rewatching it. Yeah, I've had it explained to me once, and watched it twice, and all three of those experiences were just as exciting as the last. Right? Yeah. And I just... I, I take back my 7.5. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, that was damaged, Courtney. I'm enlightened, Courtney. And I give it an 11. I've set a man on fire. I feel better. <laughs> well, we did we it. We did it. I feel very happy with everything the that just happened. The knives were not out tonight. <laughs> that was Including the, most, the movie knives yeah, out. That was the friendliest we've done. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, female respect. <laughs> We've all learned to control our anger. Yes. We will be back at the anger in 2020. Don't worry. Yeah, get ready for uh, our first explanation of round six. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, but first, 
We just want to talk some Oscar wishes. The Oscar nominations came out today. They're not as important as our desires. <laughs> yeah, right? So are we saying desires based on who's nominated? No, because we don't know the nominations yet. Oh. This ed- this episode will be completely posted and edited oh, shit. by that time. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what categories are it's we going to, look to be saying? stupid. Um, oh, I just... Dreams that I don't think will come true that I want to come true. Yeah. I just want Florence to get a nom for Midsummer. Just a nom. You did Tony Collette dirty, Academy. Yeah, they really did. Mm-hmm. Give Florence a nom. And I want Shia to get a nom. I personally want him to win, but I want him to get a nom. <sighs> I want Greta Gerwig to get a nom. Ooh, for yes. director? Yes. Oh, I want her. Did she write it? Did she do yes. this? Yes. I want her to get adapted screenplay win. Yeah, yes, why not? I, I think that's certainly plausible. I think so, oh, too. Jojo Rabbit's in that category. Oh, shit. That would count as adapted? It's adapted. Because it was based Changing on... Changing If it's based on a book, it's always counts it's all, as adapted. It's adapted. Mm-hmm. Shoot balls. Yeah. It probably would win. I, I still want Greta Gerwig to win. I think... I want her to... She, she'll probably get nominated for sure. I mean, if you just look at the atrocity that was the book Caging Skies and what Taika Waititi was able to churn out right. after that garbage, <laughs> that book was horrendous. But Greta, like, reinvented, like, a classic yeah. to into a brand new classic. You know? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, That's man. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Um, I want Adam Driver to win Best actor. I want him to win. I want him to win. He, uh, I think he has a better chance than my my pick. Of Shia? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Just like he's, I mean, he already got a Golden Globe nom, so he's one step closer. Bastards. <laughs> I feel like he's not going to win, but I really want him to win. I mean, I wonder who he's going to be up against. Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Well, Joaquin I mean, Phoenix. I want, him to, I want him to at least be up against Paul Walter Hauser from Richard Jewell. Yeah, because he was snubbed. He was mega snubbed. Um, I could see Kathy Bates winning supporting. She got a nom for Golden Gloves. I wow. think Laura Dern's coming for that. I feel like Kathy Bates did more. I know, but Laura deserves it. Oh. <laughs> Does and she have any Oscars? She doesn't. And oh, that's, that's also sad. just coming from a place of like, I feel like the, she's a little Academy darling and mm. Kathy already has an Oscar. Uh, I, <laughs> this would never happen. But I think Rebecca Ferguson deserves a nom for Rose the Hat. I do. I said what I said. I said it. I was here. Yeah. My hope is that the Irishman is just left out entirely. Uh, no. I hope that for Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, yes, I hope exactly, that for Ford versus I was, Ferrari. I was going to say, the Irishman can have whatever it wants as long as I don't have to see Ford v. Ferrari anywhere. How many movies do we need about <laughs> men driving fast cars? We already have... A franchise about it. <laughs> and a spinoff. Why? Why? Hobbs and Shaw for the 2020 Oscars. <laughs> oh, I forgot to put that on my list. I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's really... Just because I know that Kayleen and I are going to have to see it if it does get a nom, because we're like... I want to see Best about... Picture ones. No, yeah. I, I want to do it too. But we decided we're going to make it a drinking game like we did yeah. the post, so that you was can the come along. That was the funniest drinking game I've ever partaken in. Yeah. Partooken? Partaken. Partooken. Partaken in. <laughs> I participated. <laughs> and what was fun is that we made up the drinking game as we went along. Um, other desires of mine, my wishes, is that Parasite wins Best Picture. Mm. Just because I feel like, what do you guys think the Academy is leaning towards? As, as far as Best Picture? What scares you? That I have no, oh gosh, what scares me is something like The Irishman winning. Yeah. 
Or Ford v. Ferrari. I don't think that would win Best Picture. I would just barf all over your house if that happened. Like, honestly. I'm sorry, listeners. I haven't seen it. I don't care. I'm not going to see it unless it gets a nomination for Best Picture. I don't need those stories in my life. (laughs) I don't care. I'm doing four hours of diligence with the Irishman. Don't at me. <laughs> Is it four hours? Three hours and, and 40 minutes. 40 minutes? It's closer to four than to three. I have a question. Why? <laughs> Why? Dakota and I have sat down and watched it in two sessions already. <laughs> and we're not done. <laughs> um, I'm a little nervous about the threat Adam Sandler released into the universe. That if he doesn't win Best Actor for Uncut Gems, he's going to make the worst movie the world's ever seen on purpose. <laughs> I Did he say that? that? I'm sorry. You can't make the worst movie in existence with the intent of doing that. Especially when you've already made Jack and Jill. Especially when you've already made Don't Mess with the Zohan. <laughs> so, I'm just like scared. That makes me like, happy. I'm sorry. That's David like, Spade's involved. That's I love so that distasteful guy. to threaten the Academy. Like, who are He's you? Adam Sandler. I don't think he gives one titmouse. <laughs> I just honest like quite honestly Honey Boy deserves to get a bunch of noms like ones I could think of off the top of my head would be script mm-hmm. and those two actors for sure and director maybe best picture highly doubt they would do something like I don't not that they would win but like I don't even think they would nominate it but those other things I said like even if they don't do it like just just one like just give me one now I'm really nervous about the Irishman winning everything. <laughs> <laughs> better watch out. You better, better watch, watch out. out. You better, better watch out. out. You better watch out. Well, I think we've... Any other any other things anyone wants to like throw out into the universe? I'm, I'm, just, I'm here for the Florence Pugh Oscar campaign. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't wait until the day this drops because I... All the people listening to this get to know, but we live in the past and I don't know. <laughs> I just want to know. I just gotta say, this year has been pretty spectacular for yeah. movies. I've loved this year so much yeah. more than the past two years. It's what a yes. good year. Coming yeah. off of last year was pretty dark. But you know what else I was thinking? Like, at least personally, for sure, I've never paid attention this hard. Mm. I feel like I, there's like barely anything that could have slipped out of my view, you know? Oh, Like for I sure. said, the two that I didn't get to see, and obviously there's others I didn't see, but it was intentional. <laughs> and I feel like, I just feel very well educated this year, and therefore I think I've caught a lot of the gems that maybe some people didn't see. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the only things that we didn't get to see are just like, we can't help it if it doesn't come to our city. Yeah. Yeah, that that would be big contenders. Because mm-hmm. um, I do hope 1917 is amazing. Yeah. I just can't speak to whether or not it deserves to win right now, because I've seen a trailer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The trailer is fantastic. The trailer is amazing. <laughs> um, okay, well... Do you want to announce what's next week? Because you're the one who suggested it. Join us next week when Kayleen and I explain the entirety of the plot of Sucker Punch to Courtney. You are in for such a treat. Carla Cugino? Yes. Emily Browning? Yes. Oscar Isaac? Yes. Is there another man in it? John John Hamm. Hamm. I was going to guess that, but I didn't want you guys to be like, no. (laughs) I fear being wrong. Jenna Malone? (laughs) Yes! Ha-cha! No, she gets two whoops. <laughs> whoops, whoops. Abby honestly, Cornish. Honestly, when 
I think of Jenna Malone. Vanessa Hudgens? No. When I think of Jenna Malone, I'm scarred and I think of her uh, fucking the dead body in Neon Demon. Oh, yeah. see, that bums me out because she will just always be Donnie Darko to me. Oh, yeah. And saved with an exclamation mark. I need to see that movie. Uh, maybe oh. I'll explain it to you. I love saved. <gasps> Ooh. <laughs> anyway, she's really good in this movie, and I'm very excited to explain it to you. Yeah. Yay. Yay, catch us next week. Yeah.